Happy Pentecost Sunday. Hallelujah. Another way to say that is happy birthday to the church. Today is our birthday. Hallelujah. How awesome is that? Some said we wouldn't last 100 years. Some said we wouldn't last 500 years. Then when we got close to 1,000 years old, some said we'll never make it to 1,000 years. And then some people said, you know what? At 1,000 years, that's it. Then it'll be over. Well, it's over 2,000 years. Hallelujah. And we're still moving forward. Jesus said, I will build my church and your calendars and your naysaying and nothing you'll do. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ is God's plan. And the cool thing is that you have chosen to be a part of his great plan. Welcome to Christian Embassy this morning. It is so amazing to see all of your smiling faces. Uh oh, I just saw one that wasn't smiling. Oh, they were just checking a text. Okay, good to see you guys. We do encourage you here, though, with your electronics. Pull them out and check in at Christian Embassy and let the world know you're here and let the, let the activity on there draw more people to come and see what God is doing at Christian Embassy. So don't feel like you got to hide it or anything. And if I get boring, I say get on there and talk, chat with somebody if you need to. So that's going to keep me accountable that I don't get boring, okay? That I can keep you engaged. But we're just loving you, thanking God you're all here and uh, seeing some faces uh, visiting in town. Oh my goodness, it's so good. Been praying for you guys. Like Luke, he's, oh, we prayed to get him in the Air Force and now he's down in Florida and, and pray for him all the time for protection. And then he get to see him at home. It took a wedding to do it, but we got him home and... Uh, and I just rejoice in the fact that God is here as well. Amen? Amen. Because let me tell you, everything we're doing here is God's plan. It's not something that came up, a council came up with or some board came up with. This is the plan of God. He wants to do uh, the church. He wants to build the church. He wants to function through the church. And He wants us to assemble together to be taught the Word of God and encouraged in our faith because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So I pray your faith muscles would really get built up here this morning, the next few minutes, so that you'll be empowered to live this week in a supernatural way. So again, uh, welcome to this uh, Pentecost Sunday, I think May 20th, 2018. We, uh, Pastor Dika and my family, will be leaving tomorrow uh, to go uh, do some missions work in Europe. I think we've got six days or seven days of preaching, uh, and, and many of those days, I know it goes hours and hours. So I don't, I'm like, my, I don't know if I've ever preached that much at one time. So that plus two days of traveling uh, and then uh, overseas and then between the different countries. When I come back, I don't know if I'll, I don't know if I'll speak the same language, you know. <laughs> Wow, we're starting in Prague and uh, in Czech Republic and ending up in Romania and many places in between, but it's going to be exciting. Keep us in your prayers. We pray that uh, we'll have a safe trip there and safe trip back. My first time out of the country. I'm a homeboy. I've been sending missionary, missionaries for years. I pay extra to send missionaries so I don't have to go, you know. And, uh, but we've been asked to bring the message of welcome Holy Spirit to Europe. And we're going, and they told us, please preach on the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. Wow. I'm like, with an invitation like that, how could I say no? 
to go and equip pastors and uh, leaders, government leaders are coming in as well uh, on the Holy Spirit. That is exciting to me. So praise the Lord. So this is an amazing season that we're in. And God is the God who gave us the feast. This is not something, it's not Jewish. It's not something that uh, some council came up with. This is God. And he gave us these fall feasts and he gave us these spring feasts that we're in now. And we're actually today uh, bringing a close to the fourth spring feast before we go into the fall feast. So you remember it starts at Passover where Jesus is the Passover lamb. Then the unleavened bread that he is the sinless sacrifice. Then the resurrection, the first fruit feast, uh, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And then he said 50 days after that, you remember 40 days Jesus walked among us and many hundreds saw him and he was teaching and doing miracles. And then on the 40th day he ascended on high, but he told them to go to Jerusalem and tarry until they were endued from on high with power. He says, I've got a plan. I'm going to build a church. And this church, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it, but this church has to operate with Holy Ghost power. So he said, you got to wait until you get the power. So they waited then. Forty days he administered. On ten days they were in Jerusalem waiting for the power. And on the fiftieth day, which was the Feast of Pentecost, that is when the Holy Spirit poured out upon each and every one, filled them in the upper room, if you remember in Acts chapter 2, and the power came and the church was birthed. Peter preached. 3,000, uh, the Bible says 3,000 were saved and then it was started adding to the church daily and there's been daily adding to the church ever since then has been adding. Let me tell you, the church is not in decline, the church is growing. And the cool thing about it is if there are places that get cold and grieve the Holy Spirit, then you'll find there are other places in the world that is a wide open for the growth. The church is always growing. The devil can't stop it. The gates of hell can't stop it. Amen. And thank God for that. So Passover, it starts with Passover for the spring feast, and, and then it uh, uh, culminates with Pentecost. And that brings us into the church age because that's when the church was born. Pentecost was our birthday. The church is born. We're in this church age season now. And then there are the three fall feasts that have not yet been fulfilled, but they will be, trumpets being the rapture, the feast of Day of Atonement, and the feast of tabernacles, where God comes in tabernacles with us and sets up His kingdom as He has promised and His eternal reign. So I'm telling you, everything that God has said is coming to pass. Much of it has already, some of it is yet to be, but it's all around the feast. God is a God that wanted us to be reminded every year as we came through these feasts of His prophetic declaration and His plan and His purpose of why we are here. So it started again with Passover, and that's remember that was when they were freed from Egyptian bondage. They had been in bondage for, what, 400 years, and, and God told them to take the blood of a Passover lamb, put it on the doorpost and the lentil, and when the death angel passed through, that when he would see the blood, he would pass over that house, that house would be spared, the firstborn spared. That plague, that tenth plague, is what Pharaoh yielded and says, go and release them from the Egyptian bondage. So it's a feast of release. So when you think about Passover, it's a feast of release where God's grace was released, His favor is released, His protection is released because Hebrew literally means limits. It means boundaries. It means to be cupped in or blocked in. And Jesus was our Passover lamb that came in and set us free. How many of you have been born again? Hallelujah. You've called on the name of Jesus and you are saved. 
He is your Passover lamb because it was through his death you and I have life. It was through his death that you and I can be freed to live a blessed life as a son or a daughter of the Most High God. See, he went into the grave to free us from our grave. And how many of you remember the grave you lived in before you got saved? The misery, the sadness, the sorrow, the bondage, the pain that you lived in. But oh, when you came to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you began to sing that song, He set me free, He set me free. Hallelujah. He came in and took on our poverty to free us from poverty. He took on our shame to remove our shame. He was despised that you and I might be accepted. He is a Passover lamb. He was bruised for our iniquity, the Bible says. And and the Bible says, by His stripes we are healed. The blood of the lamb was shed so that you and I could be freed from the bondages that the enemy had on our lives. But... The Passover alone is not God's plan. It is not the complete plan for mankind for us just to have Passover where Jesus came and died. Let me tell you what. He paid our sin debt because of His unleavened bread. He was without sin. So now our account has been paid in full. Paid, stamped, it paid in full by the blood of Jesus. Okay, now He's resurrected. He's alive. But it's not just alive. He says, I'm alive so that you can, I'm the first fruit so that you too will live. And if you die in me before the rapture, at the rapture, the dead in Christ are going to rise first. He says, there's an eternal plan. And then in that eternal plan, it doesn't begin when we get to heaven. Pentecost says it starts here on earth right now. He says, I've got a plan. I've got a heavenly plan for this earth. I've got a divine plan for the natural. I've got super provision, and it's the Holy Ghost. I'm going to give you power. I'm going to give you resource that is beyond your resource. I'm going to give you strength that is beyond your strength. I'm going to give you wisdom that is beyond your wisdom. I'm going to give you power. He said, dunamis, dynamite, I'm going to give to you from heaven so that my church can go forward in freedom. So some say, how can it be accomplished? It is accomplished by the blood and the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. And all of that's right here in the Bible. Every bit of what I'm talking about is right here in the Bible. We get our instructions from God's Word. Did you know that the Bible is the constitution of the kingdom of God? The Bible, I mean, there's people die for the constitution of their nation. And I've seen and read the history books where people have died and fight even today. And we thank you for your service to uphold the constitution of the United States. But let me tell you what, there's a higher constitution. Hallelujah. That trumps every constitution of every nation ever known by man. And that is the constitution of the kingdom of God. And the Bible is that. Hallelujah. He says, I'm telling you, there's no majority vote will ever change it. The Bible's going to stand. There's no parliament that's ever going to change it. There's no earthly government or Supreme Court that can change it. There's no democratic vote or there's no consensus that can change it. The Bible says forever, oh Lord, your word is settled in heaven forever. Hallelujah. And Jesus said, I am the truth. Let me tell you what, we've got the truth in our hands today is we've got the word of God. We study the Word of God. We live by the Word of God. And let the Word of God now live through us. Praise God. Now, the book of Acts 
reads better than any modern novel you'll read. I encourage you to get in the book of Acts. Well, the whole Bible is just amazing. And, uh, but let me tell you what, as we're looking today at Pentecost, there is a history book in the New Testament, and that history book is the book of Acts. Some would have it titled the Acts of the Apostles, but it's really the Acts of the Holy Spirit as the Holy Spirit worked through the apostles to build and grow the church. It is an amazing book. It's got clearly defined characters. Some have leading roles. Some have supporting casts that are there. Uh, it's got action, adventure, triumph, tragedy, all in the book of Acts. And, and the scenes change from Jerusalem to Damascus to Antioch to Rome, uh, from prison cells to shipwrecks. There's all kinds of stuff going on in the book of Acts. And it's in the book of Acts we encounter the wind of the Holy Spirit and the emboldened uh, 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 that came upon and emboldened the apostles that were there. They, they seemingly were weak, timid, unbelieving fishermen and such. But when the wind of the Spirit of God came on them, there was a boldness that came on their lives and they became great leaders that baffled governments, that baffled a, a, a church, a church uh, you might would say, doing it the old school way of where man was in charge of the church the Holy Spirit came in and said I'm in charge this is what I'm going to do and these great apostles let me tell you what they were going down in history because of the things they have accomplished by the spirit of the living God hallelujah I was startled when I remember I was studying the scriptures at one time some years ago and I came into Mark chapter 16 and as Mark is recording these events of Jesus and the events of the apostles and so forth and, and uh, before Jesus ascended to heaven, I find I just kept bumping into this. The disciples, they just did not believe. They did not believe. Uh, and, 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 and this unbelief is just mentioned over and over and over, and the timing of it really caught my attention. Let me draw your attention to it, Mark, here. Uh, it's, there's, there's Mark, it says, in Mark 16 and 11, it says, And when they heard that he was alive and had been seen by her, look what the Scripture says. This was their first reaction at the, at hearing about the resurrection. Now, Jesus told him he was going to be buried three days he was getting up. He told them that, but here's what happened. They did not believe. Now, I'm not throwing stones at them because I've been right there. And many of you probably have been as well. And after that, he appeared in another form to two of them as they walked and went into the country, and they went and told it to the rest, but they did not believe them either. Okay. And then later he appeared to the eleven and as they sat at the table and he rebuked their unbelief. So Jesus comes in and he rebukes their unbelief because of their hardness of heart because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. Wow, unbelief, unbelief. They didn't believe, they didn't believe. They were a bunch of unbelievers. Come on now. I think it's quite evident. And what amazes me most is the fact that in the next verse, in verse 15, Jesus gives a commission to these unbelievers. What? Go into all the world, he said, and preach the gospel to every creature. Now, we've memorized that 15th verse and 16th verse and this great commission, but that's the context that was given. 
They're unbelievers. They're not believing. He's rebuking them for the unbelief. They don't believe. Here he comes again. They don't believe. He sends word through them to them, and they don't believe. All of them are unbelievers. And in the midst of that, Jesus says, Now go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And he who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs shall follow them who believe. Now he's talking to these unbelievers, but he said these are the signs that are going to follow those who believe at your commissioning and your preaching. In my name, they'll cast out demons. They'll speak with new tongues. They'll take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, the Bible says they will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Let me tell you what. He's talking about all these signs and these wonders. And he says this is going to happen from those who believe. And you're going to tell them this good news. And they're going to believe. And this is what's going to happen. But he's telling this to a bunch of unbelievers. I'm like, if I was there, I would say, Jesus, (laughs) Do you not get this? You're, you're giving this amazing commission that's going to make or break the advancing of the kingdom of God to a bunch of unbelievers. And Jesus would probably look at me and put his finger over his lips. I know something you don't know. I got, I, got, I got a plan. I got a plan. He knew what was on the way. He knew who was on the way. Hallelujah. So what was the secret? Something happened between Mark 16, verse 14, and Mark 16, verse 20. What happened? Look at verse 20. He says, they went out and preached everywhere. Now, verse 19, there again, they're getting the commission to a bunch of unbelievers. And then verse 20 goes right into this. They go out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them, confirming the word through the accompanying signs. Amen. And I'm like, wait a minute. I know this. When you read the scripture, you've got to understand sometimes there's some timing. There's some events that take place between one verse and the other. There, and, 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 and the Bible says that there's not enough books or volumes of books in the world to contain all that Jesus said and did. So, it's, it's, so we've got a shortened version, abbreviated version here. Something happened between verse 19 and verse 20. And what happened, we see the scripture tells us, was Pentecost. It was Pentecost. It was this feast that we're celebrating today. They celebrated that feast, and it was the 50. Penta means 50. It was the 50th day after Jesus was resurrected. And I'm telling you, when Pentecost came, it changed a bunch of unbelievers who were afraid of their own shadow to raise them up to stand on the front line and preach this gospel message with authority in such a way that it went forth and it changed the nations of the world. It literally changed the landscape of mankind. And there was signs and wonders that followed and it all came from this feast that we celebrate today hallelujah if you remember in Acts 1 and 8 Jesus said but you shall receive what Y'all better talk better than that. Now I'm going to come out there with some attitude. I'm, this is the day of Pentecost. This ain't the day of, of us being all milk toast and afraid to speak out. This is Pentecost. This is power feast, okay? Power feast, okay? So Jesus said, Jesus said, now you're copying his words. You should do it with a little more boldness than that. And he said, you shall receive what? Power, yes, you shall receive power after that that the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth you will receive power. He knew when he spoke to those unbelievers that there was something between 19, verse 19 and verse 20 and it was going to be power. It was going to be Holy Ghost power. He knew it. He had already prophesied. He had already declared it. The feast had been going on for years and years with the anticipation of the power that was coming and 
Jesus said, this is that time. It is the time now I'm sending to the Father. And in 10 days, He says, I'm sending my Spirit. What you've seen me do, you're going to be able to do. The miracles I've performed, the miracles you'll perform. The casting out of demons I've done, the casting out of demons you're going to do. When the devil tries to bite you like a serpent bit Paul, you'll be able to shake it off into the fire. When the devil tries to poison you and try to get you out of the game, it's not going to harm you because the Holy Ghost power is going to protect. The Holy Ghost power is going to heal. The Holy Ghost power is going to do in you and through you what you couldn't do on your own. He said, I'm sending power. You're going to receive power. I know what's going to happen between verse 19 and verse 20. And it is Pentecost. And we see that in Acts chapter 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost, the feast of Pentecost had fully come, they were with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Hallelujah. I thank God that the Holy Ghost can fill us all. There's not just some for Pastor Tim, and some for a leader here, and some for servant here. No, the Holy Ghost is for every one of us, to fill every one of us. to empower every one of us. There's a calling on my life, but there's a calling on your life. There's an anointing on my life, but there's an anointing on your life. There's There's some I'm supposed to reach, and there's some you're supposed to reach. And we need this power. We need this wisdom. We need the third person of the Godhead. We need the Holy Spirit. So He filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared unto them divided tongues as a fire that set upon each of them. He fills the whole house, but He also gives you your portion. He gives you your portion. Every one of us. Let me tell you what, don't you say, well, I just don't believe the Holy Ghost is for me. That's a lie straight from the pit of hell. He has fire for you. He has fire for you. He has fire for you because you've got purpose and destiny and He's got the power for you to fulfill that. Set upon each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is not an it. The Holy Spirit is not a thing. The Holy Spirit is not a force. The Holy Spirit is not a goosebump. The Holy Spirit is not an experience. The Holy Spirit is a person. He's a third person of the Godhead. And when He comes in, He starts talking to you. He starts teaching you. He starts coaching you. He starts strengthening you. And He's got His own language. I know we're going to Prague and I know we're going to Hungary and I know we're going to Romania and I know we're going to some of Germany and I know we're going to Switzerland and all these places. they got their own language. Let me tell you what, the Holy Spirit has His own language. And He said, ain't no demon can understand it. Uh, It is is, uh, cryptid in such a way that it can't be broken. The demons don't know. He said, I can speak to your spirit and your spirit to my spirit. Your mind's not going to comprehend it because your mind's still got some limited thinking. Your mind's still wrestling around with some unbelief. Your mind is still wondering, is they really going to get healed if I pray for them? Your mind's wondering, am I really called of God or not? Am I really supposed to do this or not. So while all that stuff would hold you back, he said, I got a direct line spirit to spirit. And as you speak in other tongues, as I give the utterance, uh, I'm going to communicate with you and build you up. Uh, The Bible says that when we pray in the spirit, we actually are energized or charged from within, built up from within. Hallelujah. And we get stronger and stronger in the spirit, man. Praise God so that we can continue to do what he has called us to do. And we leave weakness and we step into unending power. This is the day of Pentecost. When the Spirit of God comes, we leave loss and we enter into gain. 
We step out of fear and we step into faith. We leave, we leave the impotence of life and step into the dunamis power of God when we're filled with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Here we're getting this call from all of these nations calling this network of pastors and even government leaders says, we want to come in on it. And they said, bring us the message of the Holy Spirit. Here we are, we outdate you guys. We've got cathedrals that make your, your fanciest buildings look like, look like outhouses. He said, you know, they didn't quite say it that way. Everything we've got here is beautiful. The history is here. He said, but it's dry and people are perishing and people are in bondage and people are locked down and locked up in their spirit, man. And the evil is, is just growing and growing and there seems to be nothing that can push it back. They said, when you come, we want you to bring the message on the Holy Spirit. Preach on welcome Holy Spirit. Here's nations that are calling saying, we've been there and we've got it in our history. The miracles and the wonders of God is in our historical books, but it's not a reality today. And when we take inventory, we find out we've got the Word and we've got the intellect and we've got the structure, but we don't have the Spirit. We need the Spirit. Come like Ezekiel who spoke to a valley of dry bones and prophesy over us. So we're leaving here tomorrow and we're flying across the big pond and we're going to carry the message to prophesy to the dry bones, to prophesy, to bring the Spirit of God that will cause those dead bones to start rattling and shaking and coming back together and raising up a mighty army there in Europe. But let me tell you what God has for Europe. He has for America. And today on this day of Pentecost, we need to understand that in for the essence of the witness of the gospel of Jesus Christ, we need the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit is not just an accessory like a bell on a bicycle or spinning, spinners on your rims. I know that's kind of popular. Or a hood ornament. That's an old thing. The Holy Spirit is not just some add-on. He's the whole thing. He's the whole machine. The whole machine. There is never the slightest hint that some disciples were powerless. Never is there the slightest hint after the day of Pentecost that this power was for some and not for the others. Let me just say it this way, to be blunt. Can we be blunt here? Okay. Christianity is either supernatural or it's nothing at all. I'm talking about true Christianity. I'm not talking about this form. I'm not talking about this, this dressed up fancy, you know, I'm a Christian. I was born in America. I'm a Christian. You know, I have a Christian business uh, that connects Christian businesses. And we asked for them to sign a statement of faith in order for us to promote them that they are a Christian and they will conduct their business with biblical, ethical uh, 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 model and that they have accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And some of the responses, I remember earlier in their years when I've talked to them personally and they'd be like, uh, well, yeah, I was, are you a Christian? Well, yeah, I was born in America. And I said, oh, well, I'm glad you're American, but I'm asking again, are you a Christian? You know? And they thought the two just went together. If you're born here, you know, you're a Christian. 
You've got to repent of your sin. You've got to change your mind to say, I'm not going to live for me or the world or anything. I'm going to live for God. And you've got to accept Jesus Christ into your heart to forgive you, to cleanse you, yield to His Lordship, Paul says, and confess Him as your Lord and believe God has raised Him from the dead to be saved. So there is a distinct difference to be saved. So to be blunt, I have to say Christianity, true Christianity that God has set up is either supernatural or it's nothing at all. We had and still have a supernatural Jesus. We had and still have a supernatural Jesus with supernatural ministry who created a supernatural church with a supernatural gospel that provided us with His supernatural spirit so that we might walk out the supernatural Bible in such a way to bring forth the supernatural manifest of heaven on earth. That is God's will. He has called us to take the miraculous to the world and he said signs and wonders would follow those who believe. So without the Holy Spirit flowing freely, the church just becomes some ethical society or a social club. And let me tell you what, we do more harm to the name of God doing that than being the church. I say God is saying in this day and age, let the church be the church. We're not an ethical, moral, social club. We are a powerhouse body of Christ full of the Holy Ghost, agents of change who bring about the manifest of heaven on earth in and through our lives. Hallelujah. We are the grid system for transmitting the power of God into this powerless world. We are the grid system. I've got a picture here for you to see of this grid system of electricity and all the power plants and all that is uh, uh, carrying light into the city. Let me tell you what, you and I are a part of the Holy Ghost, power of God, grid system, transmitting the power of God into a powerless world. And you and I are the conductors. We are the conductors of God's power in this world. We don't have to generate the power. We don't have to somehow or another even understand the power. We just need to be the conductors. We need to be the copper wire. We need to be the agents that the power can flow through because God has chosen the church to be that so that He can touch the world and change the world in and through His church. Hallelujah. If you want to see the power of God, you've got to ignore all the techniques and the manipulation. Oh, the manipulation turns my stomach. Oh, the psycho-suggestions that, that is out there. Let me tell you what. If you really want to see the power of God flow into this world, we, all we need is the Word of God. Just simply preach the Word of God. It is still is sharper than a double-edged sword. It is still a double-edged sword that God has given to us that will bring forth His power into this Word. We need to preach the Word. I can get up here and tell you my stories and I can get up here and, and give you a little funny uh, antidote here and there, but let me tell you what, that won't change your life. But the power of the Word of God preached uh, unadulterated will change your life and for you to take the Word of God and memorize the Word of God and meditate on the Word of God and to confess the Word of God and declare the Word of God and walk out the Word of God. You have access to the Spirit of God who wrote the Word of God to back up the Word of God through the power of God in and through your life. Hallelujah. Praise God. Paul said in Romans 1, 16, he says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. 
That tells me the devil's going to try to make us carry some shame. See, that's his manipulation to get us to back off of the gospel of Christ. Now, the gospel of Christ, Christ is not Jesus' last name. Christ comes from the Greek word Christos, means the anointing or the anointed one. So we're talking about the anointing. We're talking about the oil. We're talking about the Holy Ghost. We're talking about the Spirit of Christ, that Jesus himself, he says, God has uh, anointed me. He has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He talked about, I waited on the Holy Spirit before I began to preach the Word of God. That same anointing of the Holy Spirit is for us. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the Holy Ghost anointing because it's the Holy Ghost anointing that is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes for the Jew first and also for the Greek hallelujah so the gospel when preached happens when the gospel preached happens it becomes an event it becomes an event and when we take the word of God like we are this day and we preach Acts 2, let me tell you what, Pentecost is happening right here. It is becoming an event for us. You may say, I never understood Pentecost, but let me tell you from this moment on, you're going to open yourself up to the spirit of the living God to have complete control to fill you and to flow through you to do his bidding. Hallelujah. So I want to challenge your thinking on the Holy Spirit. And I want to inspire you to believe in the amazing power of God's Spirit living in you. I challenge you. It's so easy to push it off on someone else. But no, I challenge you. I challenge you to, and I want to inspire you to believe in the amazing power of God's Spirit. You say, I never experienced it. You can. You said, I've never seen it flow through me. He will. Let me tell you, I'm, I'm challenging you to believe in the amazing power of God's Spirit to live in you and flow through you. Hallelujah. Don't you know that there is a dynamic, dead-raising power of God on the inside of you? Did you not know that God has made this power available to every believer? Will you believe? There's no excuse for weakness against sin and evil. I'm telling you, after all, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Philippians 4.13 We can do all things through who? Christ. The anointing, the power of the Holy Spirit. We need the anointing of Christ who strengthens us. If you'll study the life of Jesus, you will see He never, that we see, performed a miracle until He was baptized with the Holy Spirit. Never. At His water baptism... The Bible says once he came up out of the water that the Holy Spirit came upon him like a dove. Now, it's like a dove. It's, the Holy Spirit's not a dove, but like a dove. In other words, he didn't come like a meteorite crashing into the earth. That probably scare most of us. Oh, Holy Ghost is going to hit me like a meteorite from heaven. No. So God uses this imagery like a dove. He's a gentleman. But don't you let that gentle nature make you in one moment doubt the great power. This the power. Remember, it was the Spirit of God that was hovering over the, dirt, the earth when the Bible says it was without, vo uh, without form and void and darkness covered the deep. And there was the Spirit of God hovering over that. And when God said, let there be light, the Word came and the Spirit took the Word and everything you see today created was by this Spirit. He's like a dove. He's gentle. But He's the one. There's the power force behind every creative thing you see on this world. Hallelujah. And then it says that the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, led Jesus. See, Jesus is God, 
was, he, was, he is the Son of God, but He also became the Son of Man. So He laid His splendor and He laid the glory aside, Philippians 2, 5-11 through 11 tells us, and came to us as a man to depend on, as a man, the Holy Spirit so that He would show us that this is how you live the supernatural life as a man or a woman, depending on the Holy Spirit. And he said, I chose to do that and made myself vulnerable to do that so that I could say to you what you've seen me do, you're going to do. What you, miracles you've seen me do, miracles you'll perform. Because the same Holy Spirit I'm drawing on is the same Holy Spirit you're going to draw on after the day of Pentecost. So now we are after the day of Pentecost. You and I have access to the Holy Ghost power of God that will flow like electricity working wonders and miracles and healing in Jesus' name. And the Holy Ghost is never, he's, he's, there's no baby Holy Spirit, there's no junior Holy Spirit, there's no aged out elderly Holy Spirit that says, you know what, I've given it all I've got, but after 105 years, no, it's the same Holy Spirit. So a child, the Holy Spirit can flow through a child. That's why Jesus said, Suffer not that the children come unto me, for such is the kingdom of God. There's childlike faith is all you need. And you as a teenager, let me tell you what, you got access to the same Holy Spirit that Jesus has access to, that I have access to. And if you're here today and you're 122 and the devil told you your time has expired, you tell him, there is no expiration date on my life. The Holy Ghost is the same power and He can work through me at this this age as he would a teenager. Hallelujah. <clears throat> so we've gone from Passover to Pentecost. We've arrived at this biblical season that God set up. And this season, Pentecost, is a season of no limits, no boundaries. Nothing holding you back. Because see, when you get the power of God, creative force of heaven, you get His Spirit there's nothing that he can't, there's nothing that even compares. So it's the season of no limits. I speak that over you right now. It is your season of no boundaries. It is your season, there's nothing can hold you back. If something's holding you back, you better speak to that mountain right now and tell it to get out of your way because you are in the season of nothing holding you back and you're going forward. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus told his disciples that in order for them to go forward and to live this blessed and overcoming life, they had to tarry until Pentecost because Pentecost was the feast that releases the power. It was the feast where there would be the power to prosper made available, the power to advance made available, the power of more than enough made available. It was at Pentecost that they would receive the power needed to live this supernatural life. It is at Pentecost you receive the power to be the head and not the tail. It's the power received at Pentecost to be above only and not beneath. It is the power of the Pentecost to tread upon serpents and scorpions or literally to walk on the devil. He is under your feet for you to live a life of victory, for you to walk in a life of freedom, for you to walk in a life of harvest, and for you to walk in a life of power made available at the Feast of Pentecost. And each year, the Feast of Pentecost is a time to remind us before the Pentecost, when the Spirit of God came, it was to remind them of what was to come. But since the day of Pentecost, there in Acts chapter 2, every year at the Feast of Pentecost, we are reminded of what is already ours. 
Because you can have access to something, and if you don't believe you have access to something, you won't take advantage of what you have. I could put a million dollars in your bank, and I could tell you this is your bank account number, here's your ATM card, here's your PIN number, and you can have access to that million dollars. It's in your name. And if you don't believe me, you would probably frame that thing and use it as a joke telling people, come over, guess what pastor told me? That this thing right here got me a million dollars in the bank. If you don't believe it, you're not going down to put that card in, punch that PIN in, and say, I want $5,000 this is a test. You will never even try it. You'll never even test it. Well, I'm telling you why. There's a lot of people that call themselves Christians that still believe that we are pre-Pentecost, that we're still on this side, the beforehand of Pentecost, and there is no power. But Jesus said, I want you to know you're going to tarry, you're going to receive power, and after the power comes, it's available to everyone who believes. Hallelujah. So it's the time to release. The time of releasing the power to go to the next level. The time of releasing the power of promotion. Somebody needs to go to the next level. Some of you, you say, okay, according to man, uh, it's going to take me this many years to promote. Well, I'm telling you with the power of the Holy Ghost that there can be a supernatural springboard that you can go from, you can go from 1 to 10 overnight through the power of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, you've got to remember, you've got to have the maturity to sustain where your promotion is, and the wisdom of God's going to help you there. So don't be one that locks out the wisdom of God. Ever be growing. Hallelujah. Praise God. So Pentecost, this season of release of the power of God and the prosperity of God, the anointing of God and the wisdom of God for your next 12 months is to, was before something they were anticipating. Now we're reminding you. From today going forward, no, for the next 12 months, they, the, the, this is your season of release. The power of God's been released to you. The prosperity of God is yours. The appointment of God, the promotion of God, the anointing of God, the blessing of God, the favor of God, the joy of God, the peace of God. The, it's, it's yours, it's yours, it's yours, it's yours. So I declare in the name of Jesus that this is the season where God is going to bring supernatural provision into your life. This is the season God is going to bring supernatural power into your life. This is the season for supernatural abundance. And I say to the church that the church is going to shine brighter than the angel of light. Hallelujah. Like a city set upon a hill. Hallelujah. And could it be, now you may, you may want to study this, could it be that Jesus was teaching in Matthew 13, 8 and 9 about this, these seasons? But others fell on good ground and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has an ear to hear, let him hear. I was meditating on that as a farm boy. I grew up on a farm, and, and, uh, and I understand you sow seed in the proper season. In good soil, you'll get a good, a good harvest. If you put good seed in good soil out of season, you're not going to get a harvest. If you put good seed in bad soil, in season or out of season, you're not going to get a harvest. So those three, three things really play together. And as I was meditating on this, and uh, it was a feast of Passover during that time, and the feast of Passover and the feast of Pentecost and the feast of Tabernacles, the Bible says, are seasons of sowing. It's, he would have them sow into those seasons and, and, uh, because there was a harvest that would come outside that season. So it was strategically God had placed those seasons at times of sowing. 
And as I was meditating on this, I'm like, some good soil, but some did 630, some 60, some 100. God, what made the difference? It's the same soil. And, and, and as the farm boy in me just grows up, he says, we use the same soil, but we would have three different harvests because we sowed in three different seasons. I said, oh, so are there sowing seasons in the Scripture? And I began to look at the feast, and I saw the feast of Passover. God said, this is the season to sow. And then the feast of Pentecost was the season to sow. And then tabernacles was the season to sow. And I'm like, wow, could these be together? You, you may say, well, we are in the Christian era, and the feasts don't mean the same to us today. I would disagree with you in part of that. A lot of people say, I don't want to know anything about these feasts or anything like that. If you'd go back to the first century church and look at the Apostle Paul who met Jesus, called by him, and, and, and the Holy Spirit is writing most of the New Testament through him, look at what he said in 1 Corinthians 16, 8 and 9. He says, but I will tarry in Ephesus until Pentecost. He's letting them know. He says, I'm, I'm here in Ephesus, and there's a, there's a feast coming up, but this is also a feast that opens a door for a new season. So I'm going to wait for the open door. He actually calls it what? A great and effective door. There's an opportunity that is opening up, this great and effective door that opens up at this season of Pentecost. This is first century Christianity. But he's say, still saying the feast is important. There's something opening up. It's a season to sow. It's a season the soil is ready for th that which will bring 30, 60, and 100 fold. Hallelujah. So we know that God is a God. I don't, I don't mind saying I grew up on a farm. As I've talked to pastors before. So I would tell people that. You know, they see dirt between your toes. and They see you as a simpleton. You know, I say, well, you know, Genesis 8, 22 says, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest... Now, you're speaking to a farmer here. Seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. Sounds like to me God's a farmer as well. And he's not ashamed of it. So he says there are seasons that come and they change. Now, if you look at God created the seasons, but he also creates the feast, and he created the feast and put them on his calendar for us to follow, which coincide with seasons. So to me, there is a correlation here. So when I came this morning, I mean, this is the simple boy that's worked out really well for me. God's blessed me more than I could have ever dreamed of. As I came this morning knowing this, I came with, uh, I, I came with extra offering. You know, when I was writing a check, I was like, this is my effective, great and effective door. This is a season that what I sow can bring 30, 60, 100 fold if that corresponds with Passover. And if that corresponds with uh, a, a, a Pentecost and Tabernacles, this would be the 60 fold. OK, so I just I, I'm like, Lord, God bless you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And the first service I had a check to give and I'm up there just dancing and praising the Lord because I knew what I was doing. The second service, I had another one to give because I like to give in every service. I write more checks and you look through my book if you ever audit me it's just c-e-i-c-c-i-c-c-i-c-c-i-c-c it'd be so much easier but i just love the i'm a farmer i gotta put the seed i want to i want to put the seed in myself hallelujah and then just to keep that uh harvest field of online i go online and i said man i'm just i just oh praise god you can't outgive god hallelujah 
But long as God is in charge, there's going to be seed time and harvest time. And he tells his disciples that there are things he wants to tell them, but they can't understand it until they receive the Holy Spirit. You and I, we've received the Holy Spirit. So now it's like the veil is removed and we see this stuff and we understand this stuff. Hallelujah. So I encourage you today to know that if you are challenged in any area of your life, don't be like those disciples before the day of Pentecost sitting there in unbelief. Jesus rebuked that. Don't say, well, I just don't believe. I just don't believe. They didn't believe. They didn't believe. Let me tell you what. God has spoken into your atmosphere of unbelief and He said, I still called you. I've still given you an assignment. I'm giving you an assignment. I'm going to hold you accountable for that assignment. One day you'll stand before a judgment seat. Whichever judgment seat it is, that's your choice. But you're going to stand, you're going to be judged for whether you honored your assignment, you fulfilled your assignment. Every one of us has an assignment from God, and the assignment He gives us is bigger and, and takes more smarts than we have power or understanding. The assignment forces us to come on our knees and say, Jesus. I yield to you. And Holy Spirit, I yield to you. And when you do, you now plugged into the grid system that God has. You're a conductor. You're a conductor that the Holy Ghost fire and wisdom and power can flow through you to fulfill the assignment to affect the people around you. Hallelujah. When the power to get results arrives on the scene, things change. And the Holy Spirit is the power of God to get results. Hallelujah. So if you're faced with an impossibility, just smile. Just smile. And say, this impossibility is a tiny little sugar ant compared to the power of God. A little sugar ant, you take your finger and just mash it. The most, I wanted to say the hugest, the, the, the greatest challenge that stands before you today is a little sugar ant compared to the great power of God that is made available. Hallelujah. I want you to see that today. So I'm going to pray, and I'm going to pray a biblical prayer over you. How many of you believe that if I pray a biblical prayer over you, that that is probably one of the purest prayers that could ever be prayed? Do you think God will hear that prayer? Do you think God will answer that prayer, a biblical prayer? I'm going to pray a biblical prayer over you in closing this morning, and that is in Ephesians 1, 18 and 19. And here it is. Here it is. I, Paul was praying for those in Ephesus. He's praying this, this season of the Pentecost. He's praying for them during this season of power. And he says this, as I say over you, that the eyes of your understanding or your heart would be enlightened. That the eyes of your heart would be enlightened. That the eyes, eyes mean you'll see it. I'm not talking about something we're just hearing anymore. I'm not praying for your ears. I'm praying for your eyes. You're going to see it. You're going to see it. What are you going to see? Let me keep praying. This is what you're going to see. This is what I'm praying you'll see this week. This week, I pray you'll see this. Why? That you will know what is the hope of His calling and the riches of the glory of the inheritance in the saints. In verse 19, And what is the exceeding greatness of His power? I'm praying that this week, if you'll believe and you know it's Pentecost and you say, Holy Ghost, have your way, fill me and flow through me, that you will see the exceeding greatness of His power. Now, what is the exceeding greatness of His power? I'll break it down for you. 
It comes with the base megathos. And megathos, if you know, nuclear bombs are measured in megatons. So God is using megathos before there was ever anybody even knew about a nuclear bomb. God says, that's the expanse of this, this, this power. He says, this megathos, okay. He says, but he says, it's bigger than the megathos. He said, that's the biggest word I, your brain can, can contain. He said, but I'm going to give you some, some, some building words upon it so that you can see that this thing, as big as it is, is even better than that. So he says, uh, it's the hyper megathos dunamis. That's the exceeding greatness of his power. The hyper megathos dunamis. Okay. So now it is the super greatness of his power. It is the hyped up, bigger than an atomic bond megaton. It is a megathos bigger than that. And it is dynamite. Dunamis. We get our word dynamite. He said, this is the power of God that I'm praying that you will see. That you will see it. That your eyes will see this exceeding greatness of the power of God. Hallelujah. You may be facing some circumstances today that tell you you don't have enough money. You don't have enough education. You don't have enough this or you don't have enough of that. But I believe right now that if you are spirit filled, that the spirit of the living God fills you, you have everything and more that you need. Hallelujah. It has been deposited on the inside of you. The person of the Holy Spirit. Spirit, his personality, his wisdom, his anointing, his ability, his supernatural power to get results uh, is residing in you. So stop looking on the outside for help uh, and start looking on the inside uh, to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think uh, according to the power that works in us. Go to that verse, sir, Ephesians 3 and 20, please. If you would go to there. Yes, it is working where? It is working where? It is working where? This power is working where? This, this hyper megathos of uh, dunamis is working where? It's working where? It's working where? In us! In us! Come on! If you want to be filled or refilled with the Spirit of God, stand to your feet and say, God, here am I, a vessel of honor. Here am I. Fill me with your spirit. Here am I, God, on this day of Pentecost. Come as a mighty rushing wind and fill me in. Oh, God, that I might see with my eyes the, the hyper-megathos, the dunamis of your exceeding greatness, the power, Lord, working in me and through me. Make me, God, a conductor in the eternal grid power source that you have to bring your power to the world. Oh, just lift your hands up to him and say, Lord, I surrender my all to you. Oh, let me tell you what, to be filled with his spirit, you need to be first born again. Your hands lifted up to the heavens right now is a symbol of surrender. Oh, or have you surrendered to Jesus? If you have, lift your hands. If you want to, lift your hands. If that's your desire, lift your hands and say, Jesus, Jesus, I believe you're the son of the living God. Come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I turn from my way to your way. I surrender my life to you. Now just tell it, Jesus, Jesus, I surrender my life to you. I declare that you are Lord. You are he who rules in my life. I surrender to your Lordship. I believe that God has raised you from the dead. And I am here to live for you and ask you to live in and through me. And as you're born again, you can now be with the Spirit of the living God. Say, so now Holy Spirit, fill me. 
as a cup running over fill me fill me lord i don't want to just have an acquaintance with you i don't want to just have a salvation through your grace act lord i want to have a relationship with you i want to become a power outlet for you i want to become some copper wire conduit for you i want you to flow through me i want you to touch people's lives when I speak to them, I want your anointing on my words that will touch them and help them get freed up from the pain and the bondage and the things that they're going through. Lord God, you said I can lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. That while I shake their hand or just go up to somebody and touch them and put my hand on their shoulder. Lord, I know that the power of you who raised Jesus from the dead is flowing through the conductor of me. And if there's any sickness in their body, I don't have to get all spiritual and pray for them. You said all I got to do is lay hands on them. So when I'm shaking somebody's hand I'm giving somebody a high five let healing flow I'm giving somebody a handshake let healing flow I'm just going up hugging somebody let healing flow if there's any need in their body let the healing power of God flow to that point of need and bring about a supernatural resurrection power of healing in their life hallelujah and if someone's bound in drugs or bound in uh, relationships or bound in any type of addiction uh, Lord you said it is this anointing that destroys the yokes it destroys the yokes it lifts the burden as I speak to them Lord let the anointing flow through my words Lord God that, that even though my friendship is looking like an innocent friendship there's more going on behind the scenes there's Holy Ghost power flowing through me into their life and they are being set free in the name of Jesus hallelujah Lord God I was just reminded of this even last night as we had a guest in our home one of the neighbors kids keeps coming over and he just was leaving and he tells one of the kids and I, one of our children Lord and you had that word come to me he says I don't know what it is but when I'm in this house I feel hugged when I'm in this house I feel loved I don't feel safe in the world but when I'm in this house I feel safe and when I'm in, in this house there's something going I don't know what it is and as he was telling our daughter this uh, and she shared it with me I, we knew what it was God it's the conductor that we are that the Holy Ghost is reaching out to this young man and this young man is experiencing God through us Lord and through this we're going to draw we're going to dry or be able to bring him into your kingdom Lord God maybe he's a minister of the gospel maybe he's going to be a missionary reaches around the world or maybe he's going to be a business owner that's going to be able to touch the clients in his community or maybe he's going to be a teacher that's going to be able to touch the children in his classroom I don't know what your assignment for him is Lord but Lord you've called him and you want to fill him with your presence and power do it through us Lord I pray God that their eyes will see each and every one under the sound of my voice this week their eyes will see the exceeding greatness of your power the hyper megathos of your dunamis that they will see miracles this week not next week not the next week. Yes, God, you can follow all those things, but I'm praying this week. Lord, thank God with you. We don't have to wait for the feast to be fulfilled. It's fulfilled so we can go forward even in this day. And I pray as we close here in just a few seconds, Lord, and they hug on one another and shake hands and high fives and fist bumps and whatever they do, Lord God. Lord, at that point of contact, let the healing power, the Holy Ghost power flow through them to charge one another and to energize one another and to build up each other unlike anything they've ever experienced from the entertainment of the world coming straight from you Holy Spirit welcome Holy Spirit 
We thank you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. And we pray now, God, as we go, we go in your power, we go in your love, and we go in the commission of the assignment you have over our life. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, Amen! Come on, hallelujah!